Hey guys, it's Simmy and this is Wrestling Unlimited as it's Wednesday and tonight was AEW Dynamite. As far as AEW Dynamite tonight does go, I would say it was an easy show to watch. I will say that for sure. I felt like it was a little bit of a letdown when it goes to being the go-home show for the pay-per-view though. I will say that. Being the go-home show, it didn't feel like a go-home show at all because honestly, watching this show... You almost would have thought the pay-per-view was not this weekend. And maybe I just didn't pay enough attention at times. But this just felt like a show where a pay-per-view is coming eventually. It's been announced and we're building to it, but not that it's this weekend. So honestly, if I'm going to say anything, it was a good dynamite, but not a good go-home show. Because they, I just, it didn't feel like they harped enough on... The show's this weekend, the show's this weekend, the show's this weekend, if that makes any sense. Because I just felt like they needed to do a little bit more to hype up that the show was Saturday. But overall, I thought it was really good. Also, I do think, I understand why the show was laid out the way it was with the MJF, Jay White segment at the end. But at the same time, it's like that street fight should have been the final thing we saw. It should have ended with that. And yeah, I don't know. But regardless, I thought it was a good episode of Dynamite. Wouldn't call it great or anything. I thought it was a good episode of Dynamite. Could have been better. And it was a, I'd say negative as far as a go-home show does go. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher. Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, Free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also, remember, head over to YouTube, hit that join button, and become a channel member. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store. Ooh, what the? That was a little weird. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming a free game or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, why is everything looking all kinds of framey all of a sudden? That's weird. Regardless, use this code right here, PWUnlimited, at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Again, use code PWUNLIMITED. Whether you're getting a new game like Alan Wake 2, getting an old game like Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, claiming the free game Golden Light, which is only free for a couple of more hours, or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys. Again, use this code right here, PWUnlimited, at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Give me one second to check something here. You check my settings, because I feel like I'm running higher settings than I need to be. No, that's fine. That's fine. That's weird. Because my streaming software is taking up way more resources than it normally does, and I don't know why. But that's neither here or there. Use our code PWUnlimited at checkout for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. 
<clears throat> but as we move forward, we got AEW Dynamite to talk about. And the show itself kicked off with the Blackpool Combat Club taking on the team of Orange Cassidy and Hook. And it's John Moxley and Wheeler, Utah, not Utah, Nick. Anyways, Cassidy and Hook went through the crowd to go at Moxley and Utah during their entrance. And there was an all-out brawl before the match actually officially began. Hook and Yuta went to the ring to start things off as Moxley and Claudio. No, Moxley and Cassidy. I don't know why I read that as Claudio. I'm an idiot. As Moxley and Cassidy continued to fight in the stands. Hook connected with an El Camino and a judo throw on Yuta before Moxley made the tag and dared Hook to fight him. As Hook obliged with a released German suplex. Moxley quickly fought back and made equals as... Oh, what is this? Hold on. We have some breaking news coming out of the show. Um, This comes from... I'm reading this from WrestleTalk. There was an emergency in the crowd. Hold on. It's still loading. I don't know why it's taking forever to load. Um, Okay, we're going to go to the official sources from PW Insider. Give me one second to go to the actual PW Insider report. Uh, PW Insider does right. Eric Denton is alive at Dynamite and sent word that there was an emergency with the fan that required EMTs to attend to them during the Sky Blue Red Velvet match. The situation is why the crowd was distracted and muted during the match live. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. No other details, but okay. That's a crazy one to hear. Hopefully everybody's okay. Hopefully nobody's actually like hurt or injured or anything. Back to the match. <clears throat> yep. Ba, 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 ba. Where was I? Uh, Moxley quickly fought back and made equals as fast tags to Yuta, keeping Hook isolated on his side of the ring. Hook tried the red rum on Moxley, but was pulled to the outside by Yuta as Cassidy came flying in with a dive to save his partner. Cassidy made the hot tag and hit a diving uh, dive off the ropes and hit a DDT. Moxley then unleashed a or that he then unleashed his little kicks on Moxley. He eventually did ramp him up to get some intensity. Excuse me. Moxley then countered a Tilt-A-Whirl DDT and turned it into a heart attack with Yuta as the, uh, of the BCC in control as we go to a commercial break. Moxley mocked the little kicks from Cassidy, but ate a kip-up dropkick that went, led to a double-down spot. Yuta and Hook... Then tagged in and slugged it out until Hook hit a Northern Light suplex for a two out of the corner. Yuta was able to skin the cat low and hit a released German suplex. Hook answered with one of his own and Yuta sold into the rolling elbows and both collided with double clothesline. Both slowly rose to their feet, but Moxley leveled Hook from behind with Cassidy as he made the save. Hook then leveled Yuta with a lariat but took too long to follow up and Moxley appeared with a cutter out of nowhere. Cassidy popped in and leveled uh, leveled up with a Cassidy orange punch, but Moxley no-sold it and sent Cassidy packing. Hook then plant was planted with a Death Rider. Yuta then got the seatbelt pin and picked up the victory. So there we go. Wheeler Yuta does get the win for his team. Now, Wheeler Yuta pinned, and, and I wasn't, I'll, I'll be completely honest, wasn't 100% paying attention here. I saw the pin. He pinned Hook, right? So they're going to set up Hook. And Wheeler Yuta for the FTW belt now? Moxley called for a microphone, though, after the match. And said Cassidy is and will always be nothing 
and he's going to grind him to dust and become the international champion once again. Excalibur talked about the confidence of Cassidy being shattered due to Moxley's no-selling of the orange punch. Hook briefly had red rum applied to Moxley, and Taz said that seemed to have more of an effect on him than the punch did. So I don't know what that's supposed to mean. But somehow Hook gets the red rum on, and then Taz is like, oh, look, Hook's doing more to Mox than, than Orange did. So that was interesting. Then we got, in my opinion, the best thing on the show. Like the, the main event match, the street fight was good. This was my favorite thing on the show. It was Hangman Page and Swerve Strickland. Now, they did kind of at one point copy Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins with a your wife and kid don't talk to you line. So we've heard that before. But Tony Schiavone is in the ring and informs us that it was announced earlier today by Tony Khan that if either of these men get physical with one another, with one another, keep that in mind, with one another, then they will be suspended for the remainder of the year. I'm just going to say it. There was a wrestling website, don't need to call the name out, that basically clickbaited the shit out of this segment. I'm going to read the title of their post. Give me one second to pull it up. They literally wrote. Um, did they take it down? Two AEW stars risk being suspended. Neither of these guys risked being suspended. They went out there, and they knew what the, the rules were. Don't touch each other. So what happened? They got mad, but they never touched each other. Never did it at all come to a, a chance. Like, this was not them risking being suspended. Which is the, some of these sites nowadays, and I'm granted, I've probably done it myself, but some of these now, they really go bad with the, the headlines and stuff, or what they're going to report, like, some of these reports, if you notice, we've been reporting a little bit less recently because there's been less news. People have been finding random ass shit to report on because there's been less news over the last week or two. And so now you see just the, the dumbest reports on these wrestling websites. But regardless, both men come out. Prince Nana gets over with his, his dance and, you know, however he does it. And Shivani tried to ask Strickland how he justified going into Paige's house when Strickland took the mic. But Paige answered and said, it's because Strickland is a waste of life and a dumbass. Now, here's the thing. Excalibur tried saying on, on commentary, because Swerve went into Hangman's house, this is the most personal, one of the most, or this is like the most personal story and rivalry we've ever had in pro wrestling. Ray Wyatt went into the Miz's house. What about that? That was done through three years ago. Ray Wyatt went into the Miz's house. And that was just whatever. Swerve goes into Hangman's house. Hangman don't even respond or do anything for two weeks. So, no. Don't call this the one of the most intense and personal rivalries. This man goes into Hangman's house. And what does Hangman do? Shows up the next week and just defends the triple, uh, triple man titles. The, the six man titles. Like, no. If he cared, he would have said, uh-uh. Before I do anything, I'm getting after Swerve. He got after Swerve later after going out and starting and doing the match. But it's like, come on, guy. Come on. Anyways, he said he was a dumbass. Paige said Strickland is dumber today than he was two years ago when he got fired. Ooh, WWE reference. 
Fish says the Strickland doesn't have it in him to be an AEW champion or the AEW champion. He's not man enough. And it's the reason his fiance left him and his kids won't talk to him. Again, that's the line that Seth Rollins said to Matt Riddle. And the Matt Riddle's like, where are you at, Seth? Where are you at? I'm going to come find you. Anyway, Strickland surrounds, he says Strickland surrounds himself with yes men. Like Prince Nana, who has a stupid little dance. He said Prince Nana is only there to use Swerve. He said he makes money off of your back. So then he can take that money and go buy weed from high school kids. And then after I, he goes, then after I'm done kicking your ass, I'm going to kick your ass and I'm going to take your weed. I laughed so hard when he looks at Nana and is like, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to take your weed. I just get a message from Nick that says legit. I'm going to read it because this is the, this is the, the best. And he's just like, I'm going to take your weed. And Prince Nana's like, that ain't true. None of that's true. Don't believe him. It's not true. Nick literally sends me a message that just says, um, where is it? Steal his weed, LMFAO. Fuck, yo, hangman spitting. But he tells Nana he's going to whoop his ass, he's going to take his weed. And he went and bought from some high schoolers in the parking lot. Nana's yelling at him. Don't believe that. None of that shit's real. Um, where was he? Uh, you can audibly hear Taz laughing at the line. Like, no joke. Taz over here cackling. Strickland. Also, also, also. Prince Nana. I'll get to this in a second. This is from before the segment starts, but we'll get back to this. We'll, we'll circle around. Strickland said that. Or he said that Strickland should never have come to, into his house. But they don't need the cops. Because Paige is the judge, jury, and executioner, and at the bottom of hell. Paige said that the stipulation was not to lay hands on Strickland, but it doesn't say I can't do anything to you. Paige then decks Nana. He also told him um, that you're going to live eternity in your house in hell, or something like that. Paige then decks Prince Nana, and this was great by Swerve. Swerve played this really well, because he was like, I can't get physical with Paige, but do I pull Paige off of Nana? No, that's physical. He's like, like you could see Swerve, his just confusion. Like, I want to just, I don't want to hit Hangman, but I want to, like, you could see his hands go down. Like, like I want to pull him off, but at the same time, I can't do, no. Like, it's finally security runs in. They grab Hangman. Swerve jumps out of the ring. He pulls Nana out of the ring. Swerve then beats down all the security, and there we go. Well, that was really good. I loved this segment. I thought this was great. It was just finally what we needed for this segment to be personal, to have emotion. I loved this. I always knew that the match was going to be great going into the pay-per-view. Like, this match is going to probably steal a show. There's a really good chance this match is match of the night. But now this makes sense on why it's a blood feud, basically. Because... He went into the man's house. Yeah, you could say, well, he did that weeks ago. Yeah, but Hangman never really responded. He, like, tried to beat him up once, and then he tried to attack him again, but he never actually fully responded until tonight, and I love it now. It just took too long to get here. I get it. You stretch it out till the pay-per-view, but it's like, eh, okay, whatever. Also, speaking of Prince Nana. So Prince Nana comes down and goes, who's house? 
Swerve's house for the, the music and everything. And then he goes like that, and Swerve comes out. And so he's walking down, and he's doing his dance, right? And Swerve looks at him, and he's like, like, this guy. And he's, like, dancing, and he's spinning around. And Taz is like, well, you know, he... Swerve went into <laughs> he went into Hangman's house and then Swerve, Taz starts laughing. Goes, I'm not laughing because he went into the house. I'm just laughing because it's a laughable thing that this that da, da, da. he's laughing at fucking Prince Nana. And then Excalibur's like, Yeah, well, uh, you know, it's great. Prince Nana is a treasure. He's amazing. He's awesome. He's cool. But this segment, but I think blew everything on the show away. This was the segment of the night. This did exactly what you need to do to build up a pay-per-view match. And it all did it with Swerve not having to really basically say much of anything. Swerve barely said a word. But his emotion, his confliction, that's what I was looking for earlier. His confliction on, do I pull this man off of Nana? No, I can't. I don't want to get suspended. There's a gray line there. Mm, ah, I'm not going to hit him, but I don't want to touch him. Ah, you know what I mean? So, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I like it a lot. Lexi Nair's in the back because Renee wasn't there, apparently. And well, at least we don't think Renee was there because Renee didn't appear on the show at all. Lexi Nair's backstage with Roderick Strong in the kingdom. We get more of this stupid ass bull crap. So he goes, Lexi, I know who the devil is, and I need to call my best friend Adam and tell him. So he's like, call him up on the phone. And then he FaceTimes Adam Cole again. Never mind. I'm going to get into the whole. Can't do the phone thing. It's not a phone. That's a computer. You could obviously, you could see that's a computer hooked up to that TV. Not you got dang phone. We're not stupid idiots. Anyways. He calls Adam Cole. He's like, I'm 100% sure the devil's Max. Max is the devil. Cole's like, no, it's not Max. Maybe it's you. And Strong's like, whoa, no, it's not me. Colton's like, I, I can't deal with this right now. I got to go. And he hangs up. He's frustrated. And yeah, they're all frustrated and they leave. This is a, These segments suck. They're dumb. They're stupid. What the hell? It's called filler that we don't need. I didn't need it. All of these Roddy segments suck. The whole, hey, Adam, did you see my match on collision? Oh, now I can't walk around. I have to wear the neck brace and they have to push me in the wheelchair. No. This is stupid I get people like it. Now, there's always going to be stuff that some people like, some people don't. I don't like, other people do. This is one of those I don't like. I think this is one of the dumbest storylines I've ever seen. You can go out there and have a match, but then all of a sudden when the match is over and when the matches aren't happening, you got to be in a wheelchair being pushed around with a neck brace. That's the fucking dumbest shit I've ever seen. Then we had the Crips versus the Bloods. It was Sky versus, it was, it was Blue versus Red. Sky Blue versus Red Velvet. Why there was no Halo tie in here, I don't know. Should have been. There were some hiccups during this match early. There was some distraction in the crowd, and we learned because somebody needed medical attention. There's also some hiccups in this match because the match itself sucked. This match was not good. So Chris Statlander was shown watching backstage because the winner of this match joins her and Julia Hart in a three-way for the TBS Championship. Those velvet blocked an arm drag early. It led to a delayed stare down where the two just kind of looked at each other. And I get they were supposed to do a little stare down spot. But then they looked at each other like, oh, what's next? And then they finally regrouped. Velvet did her splits into a choke in the corner as Blue bailed outside the ring to regroup. 
and it benefited as the DDT on the apron led to Blue smashing Velvet in the barricade and the steps controlling the action heading into the break. Blue was visibly he uh, healing it up during the picture-in-picture. -picture. Uh, she was mocking Red Velvet and everything. And I saw, here's the thing. Now, we've seen people cosplay with their gear before. Alexa Bliss is Buzz Lightyear and so forth. And, like, uh, Becky Lynch was Wanda Maximoff. And we've seen Coella DeVille stuff with Charlotte Flair. But I did see a few people on Twitter tonight go, I, I, I can't take Sky Blue serious when she looks like the Mystery Machine. So... Each their own. Uh, Velvet was trapped head first in the corner when we came back, where Blue fired off with a thrust kick, trying to follow this up with a power bomb, which Velvet rolled through. And there was a series of uh, one count pin attempts before both ladies connected of, off head kicks. There was a double down spot there. Velvet was the first to her feet and hit a Cazadora into a Bulldog for a two. Both ladies then went for their home run shots, but Velvet went for another Bulldog, only this time, Blue. Caught her with the sky fall and got a two off of it. Velvet encountered with a step-up knee in the ropes and hit a powerbomb with a high stack. Uh, Velvet then hit a wheelbarrow. Victory roll out of the corner, a la Casador, uh, Cassandro. And she tried the just desserts, but Blue rolled through. And then the ladies traded some kicks again. Blue then blocked a merry-go-round kick, hit a knee lift. And then there is a sky or code blue to pick up the victory. So there we go. Sky Blue wins, and she now enters into the triple threat match at pay-per-view for the TBS title that I think Julia Hart is winning. I think Julia Hart wins the belt on Saturday. We then got a video package of Miro. Now, if you don't watch Collision, this wouldn't make sense to you. Basically, Miro's wife, CJ, is on Collision looking for clients. She wants to become the greatest manager in all of wrestling. Tried out a couple different clients, and she finally signed her first client, Signed the contract with Andrade. She is Andrade's official manager. Well, Miro's not happy. Miro was talking about his hot, flexible wife bringing in a storm to AEW. He said for years, he stood by and let her do whatever she wanted. He said CJ has a tendency to bring out the worst, not only in himself, but herself, but Miro as well. Miro said he plans to show that Daniel Garcia, show the worst of him to Daniel Garcia this week on Collision. Also, if you're unaware, Collision is airing head-to-head -head with SmackDown. So I assume WWE going to pull out all the stops. We don't know any... We only know, like, two things for SmackDown so far. We know the J... Or Jimmy Uso and... um Jimmy Uso and LA Night match. I believe there's one more match announced for SmackDown. I can't remember what. And that's about it. But... I think we're going to get more because they're going head-to-head -head with AEW. And I think they're going to want to beat them, which they're going to beat them because they're on broadcast and AEW's on um, network, cable. They're on network and AEW's on cable. But as far as next week goes, yeah, I think all I see here on WWE's website is the Jimmy Uso LA Night match. Yeah, Ellie Knight set the square off with Jimmy Uso. Smackdown sneak peek. But I don't know what else has been or is going to be announced, but I feel like they're going to they're gonna pull something out. I wouldn't say John Cena. I wouldn't maybe 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 Undertaker, probably not. But they're gonna they're gonna try and do some stuff. But Cena's done for now. And SmackDown and Collision will go head to head on Friday. Collision gonna get wrecked because, like I said, SmackDown's on Fox. 
broadcast network, and they're on TNT cable. RJ City is backstage with Mariah May, the locker room of not Tony Storm. She knocks on the door, Luther answers, and slams the door in her face. RJ City then goes, let me take care of this. He's like, hey, 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 Luther, let her in. She wants to talk to Tony and this and that. And finally, basically, they shove their way into the locker room. Tony Storm's laying on the couch. And Mariah Mays is like, Tony, I, I just want to say hi, and I'm so glad to meet you. I came from stardom just like you did. Storm was like, who are you? I'm not signing any autographs. What? I don't know what you said. Mariah's like talking a mile a minute. May said, if, if, if you need anything, I'm here for you. No matter what it is. I, I just, I just want to help you out. I, 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 yeah. And Luther's like, or Storm's like, okay, cool, whatever. Get her out of here. Luther, Luther. Tell uh, the head of the studio, Mr. Khan, that I need a warm-up, tune-up match Friday on Rampage. And also give me a loofah. I'm like, okay. She really thinks this is all an act. This is all play. This is all a show, which it is. But it's not wrestling. It's a movie to her. Okay, whatever. Cool. It's not horrible. I'll say that. It's not bad, but it's not great at the same time. So then Samoa Joe took on not Serpentico. It was John Cruz this week because he didn't wear a Serpentico mask. <clears throat> Cruz tried to throw some low kicks, and Joe just checked them all and flattened Cruz. Joe lit up Cruz with some corner shots, ending in an enziguri. Cruz tried to fire back up and attempted a crossbody off the top, and Joe just walked on by. Cruz's reaction midair was priceless. When you notice Joe was moving, he's like, ah! Joe then slapped on the Kina Clutch and got the quick two-second victory there. Joe then took the mic and, again, offered MJF his help, his friendship. He's like, hey, I'm from here. I'm from Southern California. So if you want, I can help you out here in my stomping grounds. But just remember, that, that offer's not going to be here forever. He said, I am, he said, because eventually, time's running out, and I'm going to fight you. I am Samoa Joe, and I am inevitable. We got a video package recapping the announcement of the Continental Classic. If you haven't heard, the AEW will be doing a tournament basically through the month of December. It is their version of the G1. 12 wrestlers broken up into two blocks, six and six. All six wrestlers on each side will fight each other. Then on the, I want to say last dynamite before world end, we'll figure out who wins the blocks, the A block and the B block. Then the block winners will go to World's End, face each other, and become the first ever Continental Classic winner. So, yeah. Didn't say what the winner gets or anything like that. I assume a world title shot since they didn't do an Eliminator tournament going into Winter is Coming. Have they announced Winter is Coming for 2023? Winter coming 2023. So we've seen for the last however many years that they do the Eliminator Tournament. Yeah, winner's coming December 13th. That's nothing happening in the show now. The last, what, three years now? Maybe four? They've done that Eliminator Tournament where the winner challenges for the world title at Winner is Coming. And speaking of people from Southern California, we got the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, who are definitely turning heel, taking on Pentel Cerro Mieto and Commander. Nick and Commander started things off hot, fast, fiery. 
both men's partners made blind tags. And we get a wild series of misses, missed moves before everybody collided with big boots. Not missed because they messed up. Missed purposely, intentionally. There was a quadruple kip-up at one point. The Bucks shook hands, but turned it into a superkick party and opted to shake hands with each other instead. The Bucks then followed up double dives before both uh, going back inside the ring. Matt then ran into a superkick by Penta. There's an assisted rocket launcher crossbody by Commander that connected, but as they flipped into a Cazadora, Nick was right there with the slingshot face buster heading into a picture-in-picture -picture break. Uh, there was some friendly fire at one point when it looked like they were trying to throw Commander into the corner. Matt was trying to throw Commander into the corner. Maybe it was Nick. I can't remember. But Commander reverses it, throwing the buck into the corner, and at the same time, the other buck went up to kick Commander in the face, but Commander wasn't there. It was the brother. Uh, Commander also hit a twisting Hurricane Rana. And then followed this up with the tight rope walk, Hurricane Rana, sending Nick crashing onto his brother on the outside. Penta then met the Bucks soon after that with a dive before one sling blade back inside the ring on Matt and another dive on Nick. Penta started a super kick party of his own before Commander launched off his partner with a double DDT. Penta then dropped Matt with a Made in Japan for a two. Commander then went uh, up on the ropes and hit a rope walk shooting star press, but Matt caught him with a rolling Northern Lights suplex. The Bucks then tried a Meltzer driver, but Commander cut off everything going on while Penta hit a Fear Factor on Nick on the apron. Once these guys started getting, you know, momentum, Excalibur had a good line here. He was like, hey, hey, hey. If Commander and Penta can actually pull this off, that match on Saturday may have to turn into a triple threat for that number one contendership. But that's not what happened. Um, he hit the Fear Factor on Nick on the apron. Commander, meanwhile, hit a Snap Hurricane Rana pin on Matt, but only got a two off of it. While Matt was in a fireman's carry by Penta, Commander walked to the ropes and sprung off of his back to deliver a destroyer onto Nick as Penta hit his new fireman's carry jackhammer for a two. Matt and Penta then had a slugfest before trading super kicks and pump kicks. Matt held his legs and referee Rick Knox checked on him. This allowed Nick to hit multiple low blows and a Judas effect on Commander. The Bucks then connected with the BTE trigger and picked up the victory. All them low blows, they're turning heel. Then they attack I mean, next up here, they attack Jericho. Like, what the shit? We go to the back after the break. They're with Lexi Nair. Uh, she's backstage with the Young Bucks and asks them why they cheated to win. Especially in their hometown. Matt says sources told him that the Bucks don't give a damn anymore. Kenny Omega then walks in. Talked about the Bucks of old. Nick said that their heat isn't with Omega. It's with Jericho. And Jericho walks up right on cue. Someone that they don't want to be him teaming with or whatever is what I, I couldn't. Nick like kind of said something, but I wasn't sure exactly what Nick said. Jericho said, or Jericho then walks in and tries to get Omega to leave with him, calling the Bucks kids. Matt then attacks Jericho from behind. Kenny pulls Matt off. Nick then goes after Jericho. Security pulls Nick off. They're all brawling. And Omega's just stuck in the middle like, uh-oh. And Matt's like, after Saturday, you're done with Jericho, right? You're not going to team with him anymore? Why do we even have to do this match? And Yeah. The Bucks are turning heel. Speaking of heels, we got the guns against Peter Avalon and Jacob Watts. Haven't seen Peter Avalon in a while. What was Peter Avalon's last AEW match? Let's look that up. 
Because I don't remember the last time I've seen Peter Avalon. Oh, pretty Peter. Peter Avalon's been working dark matches. Had a dark match against Powerhouse Hobbs last week. Other than that. Okay. He worked Rampage two months ago. But not much. It's like, in the last six months, he's had... One, two, three, four, five, six ROH matches. And... Counting tonight, three televised, four total AW matches in the last six months. Coincidentally, <clears throat> the guns attacked Avalon outside and hit the 310 to Yuma on Watts to win. This match was like nothing. All about the post-match. Post-match, they told MJF, this is what happens when it's two-on-two. Two. So just imagine what happens when it's two-on-one come full gear. Video package of Wardlow training is shown. He said that, he saw fear in the devil's eyes as MJF's time is running out. As God is his witness, Wardlow will make the devil his bitch as the camera cut to the devil before quickly cutting away. Wardlow the devil? Everyone thinks it's Max. I don't know. I don't think it's Max. I think it's somebody else. Then we had the, as some don't like to fully properly report on this, because some are like, oh, it's a Dragon Gaiden street fight. No, it's not a Dragon Gaiden street fight. I still saw one website go, time for the Dragon Gaiden street fight. No. It's the Like a Dragon Gaiden. Like a Dragon Gaiden. The man who erased his name. Street fight. You don't know video game stuff. Read what you're posting. I literally saw a website. A prominent wrestling site. Post the graphic of the match. And still type the name of the match wrong. Even though it's literally right there on the graphic. Right there on the graphic. What you're posting. Get it right guy. You may not be a video game person or like the Yakuza Like a Dragon games, but still, get it right. It's like a dragon, not the Dragon Gaiden Street Fight. It was a heck of a match. Freaking Hobbs power slammed Paul White on a goddamn car hood. Kota Ibushi was knocking guys out and then got knocked out himself on a bicycle. And then he got power bomb. No, he got kind of power bomb, but pile driven off the apron through it. Let's go. This match was wild. Jericho and Paul White come out wearing suits. Bushi and Omega come out wearing their Golden Lovers gear, basically. Immediately, they all run down to the ring with the Don Callis family in the ring. Jericho got a bat shot in on Fletcher as White was there to choke slam him off the stage through a table before going backstage, leaving it three on three. Ibushi and Takeshita are in the ring, slugging it out. As Ibushi absorbs the strikes before Omega joins and the Golden Lovers fire off with their signature double-team offense. Also, Kota Ibushi is officially All Elite. Talk about that in a minute. Ibushi and Omega take a really long time waiting for Cage and Takeshita to get into position to hit the double Golden Triangle Moonsaults. We then see White and Hobbs in the outside area as they're on this, like, platform. And then Hobbs picks up freaking Paul White. I didn't even know Paul White can climb up onto this platform. And he... Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant Slam. Paul White bounces off this hood of this car, falls down on the concrete. I thought this man was just murdered. This was... Holy crap, impressive. 
Jericho and Omega take turns whacking Takeshita in cage with signs before Omega tries to use a barbed wire bat, but Takeshita bites him off. As Cage launched Jericho into the ring attendance table, Ibushi rode a bicycle down the ramp as Excalibur couldn't help himself but do a Dusty Rhodes impression. He then had a PVC pipe in hand. He was hitting people with it before, basically, Brian Cage just comes up and goes, clotheslines him right off that bicycle. He takes a nice flip butt bump. Uh, outside, we cut the Hobbs. Actually, has White up in a body slam position. Wait, wait, wait. I read this out of order, didn't I? Did you saw him on the hood twice? No, no, no. I just wrote this wrong. Oh, I see what happened. For some reason, a couple of my lines got doubled up here. Okay, I confused myself. I'm like, wait, what? No, 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 no. Um, Takeshita had the bicycle at one point in the ring and was using it as a weapon, just hitting people with it. Everybody that he saw. He then delivered a brain buster on a bushi onto the bicycle. We then go to commercial. When we return, Jericho and Takeshita are backstage brawling while Hobbs is trash-talking White, who is still being attended to by doctors. Cage then set up some tables at ringside as Fletcher recovered and returned to the ring as a pallet has been brought into the ring where Omega was slammed on it with a double vertical suplex. Fletcher wanted a, a bottle shot on Omega, but Omega fought that off. He popped Cage with the V-trigger. Excuse me. Fletcher's in charge at Omega and blasted him with the bottle, possibly cutting his own hand in the process. Bushi flew in to make the save for his partner, while Takeshita and Jericho continued to brawl backstage, where Takeshita climbed the refrigerator and dove off of it onto Jericho, used a fire extinguisher before hitting a Judas Effect elbow. Golden Lovers then wanted a home run shot on Cage, but Hobbs appeared and laid out both the world's strongest slam. In an amazing spot, Cage hit a superplex from the ring to the floor through the setup tables before going to another commercial break. Jericho then appeared in the crowd and made his way back to the ringside uh, area and then getting in the ring to get revenge on Hobbs, who was there to meet him and flatten Jericho with a spine buster. Hobbs missed a corner splash and Jericho hit a code breaker. Cage was there for the F5. Omega and Fletcher took turns with snap dragons, and Fletcher was bleeding from the face at one point, and this brought Obushi back into the apron, and then they hit a tombstone on Obushi, threw a sign set up on a stack of chairs. Omega and Jericho then hit a V-trigger and a Judas effect on Hobbs before duct-taping him to the top rope. They also taped his mouth shut. Jericho, um, no, Obushi is then up before Fletcher and tosses chairs to Omega and Jericho. Cage was still alive as he dropped Jericho with a pump handle slam. He then goes for the drill claw on Omega, but Jericho hit a bat shot. After a few V-triggers to both men and a one-winged angel on Cage, Omega would pick up the victory. So again, Cage is just in here to be the fall guy. That's kind of Brian Cage's role nowadays, the fall guy, which is very unfortunate. So then I'm sitting here going, why is there still almost 20 minutes, 15 minutes left in this show? Oh, we haven't seen MJF yet. I thought this was supposed to be the main event, final thing, last thing we do. Nope. But a break. Come back. MJF walks through the ring and says no matter how hard he tries to run from his past, it always catches up with him. Sometimes he feels a little cursed. 
MGF said, I apologize that uh, the acclaimed and daddy ass for him getting caught in the crossfires of me, MJF. And hopefully they feel better. All MJF has ever wanted was to be a champion. And he's proud to say he's made it to the mountaintop, the top of the mountain. However, the air up on the mountain is thin and he sees challengers trying to climb every single direction. MJF is afraid that he's going to let the fans down, just like he let Adam Cole and the acclaimed down. The old MJF would have ran, but despite being afraid, he's not willing to quit, and you need to send an army to take him out and take him off the top of the mountain. Jay White, he said, has been walking around with a title that he hasn't earned, and this Saturday is a chance to knock MJF off the mountain. But he doesn't think he can, nor will anybody else. MJF said whoever stole his devil mask well, he will find them, and they will. there will be hell to pay. We think it's over, and then out comes Switchblade. Switchblade comes out and cuts a good promo on the ramp. He told MJF to cut the act and stop embarrassing himself. MJF is trying so hard to be the hero when he's always just the villain. MJF isn't fooling anybody with a devil. He's the devil, the Switchblade. He says, since MJF has said he's the devil on multiple different occasions. Why can why are we to think he's not the devil now? Why said that MJF should know how quickly the fans will turn on him. But MJF knows that because he hasn't changed, things are still going to go the way they are. Why said that MJF's days as champion are numbered and said all his catchphrases before saying, I got two words for you. Get him. Will Club Gold is sneaking into the ring. They try to lay out Max. But Max gets the better of them for a second. But then eventually Juice does hit him with a left hand to God. And the guns hit him with a 310 to Yuma. This then leads to Jay White coming down, grabbing Max and hitting him with the Blade Runner for good measure before he basically covers him. Juice counts one, two, three. Commentary talks about how MJF is all alone. Has no allies heading in to full gear. The show then ends with the Bullet Club Gold standing tall over MJF. We cut to the back, and Samoa Joe is watching all this on the monitor. Taz says, hey, the offer still stands. MJF may want to take Joe up on it. That's how the show goes off the air. Overall, a good show, but it didn't feel like a show that's going right into a pay-per-view. And maybe that's because we have Collision now, so they felt like they didn't have to do everything on tonight's show, but I felt like they should have done way more for the pay-per-view because they know they're going up against freaking WWE SmackDown. On Friday. So, yeah. As a go-home show, I was a little disappointed. But announced for upcoming stuff, we do know, according to commentary, they did state Excalibur stated on Collision. We have Dax Harrow versus Roosh. Also, Ruby Soho and Soraya will be taking on Chris Statlander, Nakaru Shida, and Miro will be taking on Daniel Garcia. Also airing live on Friday, AEW Rampage. Renee Paquette will sit down with both MJF, and she will sit down individually with Jay White. Also, Timeless Tony Storm will get her tune-up match against Emmy Sakura. Excuse me. Now, as far as the pay-per-view does go full gear, on the buy-in, the zero hours they're calling it now, MJF will defend the ROH Tag Team Championships against the Guns, Austin and Colton. Moving on to the main card, we have four-way for the AEW World Tag Team Championships as Ricky Starks and Big Bill defend against FTR, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood, the Kings of the Black Throne, Malachi Black and Brody King, and Lo Fashion Ingobernables, Roosh and Drillistico. With the AEW TBS Championship on the line, Chris Statlander will be defending against both Julia Hart and Sky Blue. With the AEW Women's World Championship on the line, Carl Shida will be defending against Timeless Tony Storm. With the number one contendership for the AEW World Tag Team Championships on the line, it's the Young Bucks taking on the Golden Jets. With the AEW International Championship on the line, Orange Cassidy will be defending against John Moxley. With the TNT 
Uh, in a six-man tag team match, it's the TNT champion Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne taking on the team of Sting, Darby Allin, and Adam Copeland. In a Texas death match, it's Hangman Adam Page taking on Swerve Strickland. And finally, in the main event with the AEW World Championship on the line, it's MJF defending against Switchblade, Jay White. So there we go. That is everything announced for the next three AEW shows. They said that Tony Khan will announce more matches for Collision and Rampage as we get closer to those shows. Remember, both are airing live this Friday. With that, guys, that's everything that I thought of tonight's AEW Dynamite. Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of tonight's AEW Dynamite. Also, Tony Khan did officially announce tonight, Odebushi is all elite. Odebushi has officially signed. <clears throat> also, didn't mention this, Tony Khan sent out a tweet. I'm going to read. Um, give me one second to pull it up. Tony Khan made a big announcement on pay-per-view, or about the pay-per-view. Tony Khan, and I'll pull it up on the screen. I feel like this is big enough to do, do that. Tony Khan sent out this tweet earlier. AEW has agreed to terms with one of the world's best wrestlers, a pro who is known, plus respected by virtually every AEW fan. They'll come to LA to sign their contract this Saturday, 11-18 on pay-per-view at AEW Full Gear. There's a couple of names here that originally fans were like, oh my god, it's Mercedes Monet. That's the one that makes the most sense. Then I saw some dumb, stupid sons of bitches. They were like, it's Dolph Ziggler. It's Dolph Ziggler. No, it's not. Because he's not legally available to sign with AEW if that's where he wants to go until the 20th, I think, of December. Also, I got to pull this back up. MJF's response here. Fuck a Flip fucking Gordon. That'd be a cool one. I'm surprised they haven't signed Flip Gordon. But then when you look at other names that this could be, I mean, some have said Matt Riddle, but he also can't be... You know, he can't sign with them if he wants to or they want to till the end of December, basically. But one name that stands out to me that I was thinking earlier, Chris Hero. What if it's Chris Hero? We've heard that Tony Khan wanted to get Chris Hero in AEW and he wanted to convince him to wrestle. He said he's somebody that everybody loves and respects. He said it before, but what if it's not Mercedes Monet and it's Chris Hero? Coming back, I haven't had a match since what? This, well, he had a match this past week against Timothy Thatcher on West Coast Pro Wrestling. But other than that, he hadn't had a match in like four years. So, what if it's Chris Hero? Now, I know to most fans, that'd probably be a letdown. And I will say right here, I did get a message during Dynamite from a source that said, most fans will probably be let down with the signing on Saturday. Now... That was only told to me by one person. So take it how you want. It's not 100% confirmed. But that's what one person told me. That a lot of fans may be disappointed or upset. Well, actually, I'll read the, the comment specifically. I was told. Um, internal belief is it's going to be a lit down. So, yeah. Maybe it's Chris Hero. Maybe it's somebody brand new that we don't even really know about. 
What if it's somebody like a Madison Eagles or something? Just saying. What if it's someone like that? I don't know. I was just thinking of somebody random. But it could be another one of these Tony Khan letdowns. But with that, let's see what you guys thought of tonight's AEW Dynamite. As we go over here and we refresh the polls. <clears throat> as far as the Twitch poll does go, 100% liked the show. That's good to see. Looking over at the Twitter X poll. 46% liked the show. 33% thought it was just all right. And 20% did not like it. Looking over at the... YouTube community poll, blah, 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 58% liked the show, 26% thought it was just all right, and 16% didn't like it. Some of the comments, can't wait to see if TK signed Mercedes of Full Gear, AEW is stale, and the person says, this is a great show to watch tonight, uh, I wouldn't want to be in Swerve's shoes right now. And finally, the live poll on Twitter, I mean on YouTube, 62% liked the show, 25% thought it was just all right, and 12% did not like it. Uh, girl says Flip Gordon signed with CMLL. Like officially? When the hell was that? I had never heard about that. Okay. Oh, three hours ago. Oh, that's new. Okay. See that I didn't see. Okay, well, that's interesting. Flip Gordon officially signed with CMLL. Huh. Interesting. All right, cool. With that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. I'll be back live on Friday. Uh, I might do a double review of SmackDown and Collision since they're on at the same time. We'll see, but we'll figure it all out. Talk to you guys later. Have a good night. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.